live in a real country anyway. Hello? You hear me? I can hear you. Can you hear me? Yeah. All right. Cool. I'm spinning around. Voice I so good. All right, someone, you're ready. I am good whenever. All right, do you have Rams stats pulled up? Yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, 45. Hello, and welcome back to The Real Steel, where we talk all things Pittsburgh Steelers. No BS, just The Real Steel. I'm your host, Jeff Schmidt, and joining me is my co-host, Polt. We're coming out of the bye week. Hopefully, we're getting healthier. Hopefully, we're making adjustments. How do you feel heading into this next long stretch of games here, Bolt? Uh, it was nice to recharge, get a weekend off, not have to stress or worry about stress playing free. football, which was kind of nice. Um, and yeah, no, I'm excited to to you know have the boys back on the field, and it's it's going to be a long a long rest of the season, but I'm excited. Yeah, we're going to jump right into this. I think, you know, last year we had our, our bye week nine. Obviously, it's a lot earlier this year, week six. Um, but we made a lot of good adjustments last year. We finished the season seven and two coming out of the bye. Um, no yeah. guarantees that that we do anything similar to that this year. But, you know, there's a lot of things kind of um, that hopefully we'll look to improve coming out of this week. You know, we're going to get some players back um, just in Tomlin's press conference today. He said that the 21 day practice window off of injured reserve opened up for Deontay Johnson and Anthony McFarland. So we could get those guys back soon. Pat Fryermuth is probably rested up and healthy. Yep. Um, and then we're going to probably look to get Cam Hayward back in a couple weeks and, and solidify more on the D line. Well, hopefully. they think that the Marvin Leal will also be back. Potentially Dan Moore, which I know we'll talk about that in a minute. Um, so, yeah, we're really starting to get healthy. And it's a good thing because, you know, we, especially on offense, I think having Deontay Johnson back, we mentioned this in previous episodes, but one of the best route runners, arguably, and and the best at getting separation in the NFL, really, I think is going to help help Kenny Pickett um, and this offense that's struggling. Yeah. So I, I'm really looking forward out of that group, probably to have him back the most, but you know, even a guy like Anthony McFarland, you've seen some of the special team struggles we've had in the return game. Um, that game where we had um, Calvin Austin go down and then the gunner mishaps, right? right. So um, getting someone like Anthony McFarland back um, and moving probably Desmond King out of that kick return spot uh, will probably be valuable. And again, we know what Pat Fryermuth can bring to us when we get some some open downfield throws and, and can really leverage the center of the field. So I'm just excited to have some of these guys back and, and hopefully we start playing Steelers football again. Yeah, I really hope that it completely limits Gunner's involvement on the team. I mean, he's still on the team, but I, I, I just don't think we'll see him very much, which is good. Um, and yeah, they love that McFarlane in, in camp. So getting his, his presence back will be helpful. And then, like you said, Deontay Johnson, I don't think Steelers fans realized how important he was until these first uh, five games of this season with him, or I guess four games with him out four and a half. He, he's going to be a huge help for, for Kenny in this offense. So love to get him back and healthy. And like we said all along, if we come into the bye three and two, I think we're in really good shape and we won the games 
that mattered the most. Of course, we lost to the Texans. I think that's a, a key loss, but we won our two divisional games. We're three and two. Um, you know, we're sitting at second place in the division just because we're a game less played. Right. Um, but otherwise, we're we're positioned really well. If the season ended today, I think we'd be the sixth seed, so we'd be a wild card spot. Um, and who knows what could happen with this team and, and what the Steelers do. We know who Mike Tomlin is as a coach, um, whether we like it or not. Um, we know who Matt Canada is as an offensive coordinator. I won't even say whether we like it or not. Cause we know we don't like it, <laughs> Yeah. but um, let's, let's just hope for the best. So I think what we're going to do with this episode, if, if this works with you is maybe just take a look around the, the NFL kind of recap what happened uh, during our week off, maybe look to, to strength the schedules and see what we have kind of down the pipe for the rest of the team um, uh, for the, for the Steelers and the rest of the teams we uh, play. And then maybe we can just dig into to things a little bit and then preview the Rams game. I think that's uh, yeah. all we can kind of do. No, I think that sounds good. All right. So I, I wanted to lead in here with um, a very early, very early jag off of the week, <clears throat> if that's OK. Sure. And I'll let you give yours whenever you want. But my jag off of the week is going to straightforward. It's going to be straightforward and it's going to go to every team that the AFC North played. So I'm looking at the Tennessee Titans who played the Ravens. They lost a one score game in London. The Seattle Seahawks, they lost a one score game to the Cincinnati Bengals. And the San Francisco 49ers lost a one score game to the Cleveland Browns. So the Titans, the Seahawks, the Niners, they're all getting my jag off of the week. I wanted them to help us out and none of them helped us out. And no. they were all such close games. And all three of those teams had a legitimate chance to win those games. So uh, that's my early jag off of the week. All that to say is that unfortunately for the Steelers, a bad bye week in the sense that all three of those teams win, not something we want to happen. Man. Yeah. All three of the division teams win against tough opponents too, uh, which was unfortunate. And then you throw in it into it, all the AFC NFC matchups on Sunday, the AFC won all of them. The only one of the weekend that was lost was the, um, the the Chargers lost to the Cowboys. So in terms of wild card and division races, it was definitely not a good bye week for the Steelers. But hey, I mean, we'll take it. We got rested up and we're ready to go while these other teams are battling it out. But it's going to be tough. But I will say it's all about perspective, right? I mean, if you look around the league, the Jets right now, who are three and three going into their their bye week in week seven. They're they're loving it. They're pumped. They're really, really happy about where they're at. They said if they could get through the first six games, three and three, the rest of their schedule would kind of play out. And, and I think the Steelers need to have a similar mindset, right? I mean, you can go in expecting nothing to change, but you gotta you gotta hope that there will be some change. And we're three and two. We want two division games. We're we're two and zero oh in the division. We're three and one in the conference. I mean, we, we won some pretty important games. So I, I think it's all about perspective, and and there can definitely be some positives coming out of this buy for the Steelers. Totally. So the Bengals are also on by this week. You mentioned the Jets, um, the Ravens and the Browns buys, I believe, come uh, much later in the season. So um, hopefully, you know, we can look to get a, a leg up here against the Bengals and, and not drop. If we drop, then I think we're both sitting there at at three and three, if that's correct. So. Um, yeah, we we just really got to start start making some moves and, and really kind of um get our act together. I mean, the Steelers, uh, again, like I said last year, I mean, we came out of this bye week hot. Yeah. And to be able to 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 put something like that on would be um, 
pretty incredible. I think we have some challenging games, but I don't think our schedule is nearly as hard as it has been in previous years. No. You know, our next four games, the Los Angeles Rams, that's a West Coast game. Um, we're going to break that down and talk a little bit about that. But following that, we have a home game against Jacksonville. We have a home Thursday night game against Tennessee. And then we have a home um, game on Sunday, it's the 12th of November against the Green Bay Packers. So after we get through the Rams, it's three home games back to back. And then you go and you play some divisional opponent opponents with the Browns and the Bengals. But um, the schedule is, is really not that bad. I want to pull up here uh, a little bit of my, I did, you'd be proud of me. I did some statistical analysis, some there statistical you go. work like you. There you go. And uh, I, I took a look at the strength of schedules for the rest of the year. Yeah. The Steelers rank 24th, so definitely in the second half in terms of having an easier schedule, so 24th out of 32. Uh, just to put that in perspective, the Browns rank 25th in terms of strength of schedule, okay. so right there with yeah. us. The Bengals have the hardest schedule remaining, and the Ravens are the second. So you know where we look to our toughest opponents probably being the Ravens, the Bengals, and the, the Jaguars Seahawks. and the Seahawks. Yeah. Cincinnati has to play the Chiefs, the Bills, the Niners, yeah. and the Ravens and, and us. Baltimore has to play the Niners, the Dolphins, the Lions, and the rest of the AFC North, among others. Right. So we are in a good position um, to make a move and 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 to play well so yeah i mean and this is kind of what i was talking about with perspective i mean yeah look at that that strength of schedule is not that bad and and that's based upon ha what's happening this year i believe so I, I really like to hear that and like you said we came out of the bye really hot last year what you said we went seven and two after the bye seven and two i yep. mean and and i know we don't have much faith in canada or, or you know this team in general at least the coaching staff um but they definitely made some adjustments after the bye last week. I mean, they really came out and seemed like they had an identity running the football last year after, yeah. after the bye last year. Right. So I, I hope that maybe maybe they had some reflection and that they're actually going to find an identity following the bye. And like we said last year, the argument was we had lesser opponents after the bye. Well, here it is again after our bye this year. We have some lesser opponents. So I think we have an opportunity to kind of set the tone and get off to a fast start and I don't know. I'm hopeful that we can we can make some improvements on offense and on defense, and, and maybe we'll start seeing some more playing time out of some of our key players that that we want to play more, and some of these guys stay healthy. and And I don't know. I think we could definitely go on a run here. I hope so. So I'm I'm totally going to freestyle for a little bit here, and and I don't have any of those written down. I know we didn't really prepare um, much for this episode, and so I I wanted to ask you. Maybe if you look at the first five games that we had and going into the second half of the season, yeah, what are what are the most positive things that you saw from these first five games of the season? Obviously, would look to continue those, and then where do you think our biggest areas for improvement are? We can start positive. What do you, what do yeah. you, what do you think the biggest things that we've done? successfully are i think there's there's I think there's two main ones I, I think number one for me is is although the defense hasn't been perfect they, they've kept us in almost every single game i mean even the, the two games they gave up 30 points in san francisco and houston is that really on the defense i i don't know the defense was on the field the entire time and the offense put them in some bad spots so i think the defense being able to keep us in the game against some decent pretty good offenses actually um is a really good really big positive and then the second would be 
for me, it's that we still have that clutch factor or the offense, although no matter how bad it is, it seems like they still have that clutch ability to go down and win a game. I know they didn't do it against Cleveland. It was the defense, but against the Raiders, they did it. And against Baltimore, they did it two out of our three wins. And I don't want to win games one score the last second, but I think that's what we're going to have to do. And, uh, and yeah, so I'm excited. And I guess the Raiders, we didn't really go down and win the game, but they they did what they needed to do in the fourth. And, and I really think that we can maybe pull some games out at the end, as long as the defense keeps us in. I like that. I'm going to build a little bit, you know, obviously defensively, no, no disagreement with what you said. And and yeah. we know what we have in, I would argue the best pass rushing duo in the NFL with TJ Watt and Alex Highsmith. Yeah. So I think that's something we're doing extremely well. We're getting to the quarterback. We are. I do. Th I do think we had a game, um, I think it was the Texans. I don't think we got a sack. I don't Correct. think we got to the quarterback that game. Um, however, you TJ Watts leading the NFL in sacks, I think with eight right now. Yeah, he's tied. And and just this this pass rush duo is dynamic. If we can keep getting to the quarterback, that that really um plays a role in the game. So I think that's one thing we're doing really well. I think two other things that I specifically want to point out is I think we're finally targeting George Pickens as much as he should be. Yeah. I will be very interested to see how that changes when we get Deontay Johnson back and when we get Pat Fryermuth back and what that division of labor, as Mike Tomlin would say, looks like and how that target share is going to break out. I still, still, still think that George Pickens should be getting looked at 10 times a game. Well, well what, if, what if Deontay actually opens up George Pickens, right? We've been saying, 100%. I mean, we've been saying he's been struggling to get open and that we're kind of forcing him the ball a little bit because again, he's never covered. But what if now he gets you know the lesser corner, the less attention on the by the defense, and and he becomes more open? I mean that would be huge for us. So I look to see him. I I still see him getting the ball almost as much as he has so far. Right. If you, if you're an NFL defense, and and you look at it rather in, in terms of looking at at right side, left side, and and where you know yeah. receivers traditionally line up, if you were to look at it in terms of truly matching up your number one corner against a number one receiver, number two corner against a number two receiver. Who would you match? Who who would be the number one for the Steelers? Would you match up against Pickens or would you match up against Johnson? I think it's got to be Johnson. Johnson's going to do everything all over the field. Yeah, Pickens is a deep threat and and will be a a big play guy. But Johnson's the guy that can take any kind of catch, run any kind of route, and and carve you up. And to me, I mean, it's kind of like a a Devonte Adams type thing. I'm not saying Deontay Johnson's anywhere near Devonte Adams, but Devonte Adams doesn't do. He doesn't make a lot of big plays or anything like that, but he'll carve you up um, or kind of like a Cooper cup rule. If you want to go with that too. And and so that's where I, I think you would put a lot of your, your focus on Deontay Johnson. Fair enough. Until so, George Pickens. Now, if George Pickens starts taking over, even with Deontay on then maybe that changes, but for now, Deontay. Sure. But fair enough. Exactly. To the point you said that, that maybe that opens up Pickens a lot more. So um, that, that I think is, is good. And another one that, that I think is, maybe downplayed a little bit and I don't think it's as good as it can be. Um, but I think something that has honestly been pretty positive, uh, this first five games, these first five games of the season have, has been our punting. Yeah. Um, our offense we know is atrocious. Um, if we have a lot of drives that are three plays, six plays, um, 
and they don't really go anywhere and, and you need to flip the field. We've been doing a pretty good job with punting. Um, so another, another guy, hopefully we're getting back soon would be Presley Harbin. Um, and he's played pretty well this first half of the, the season. Um, it looks like he's averaging about a little over 47 yards per punt. Um, so when I look at the NFL stat leaders, I no longer have to go to the second page to find <laughs> Presley Harbin like we did last year. He's he's not near the top necessarily of the of uh, the first page, but but he's on it. So um, I, I do think that that has been a, a positive thing that we have seen this season, maybe even compared to last season. Yeah. Um, but in the first few games, it's it's been good to see that. So um, those are kind of the main the main positive things I, I see. I actually, while you were talking, came up with another one. If you don't mind me me button in here, I, mm -hmm. I think that uh, one of our positives is I mean, we keep saying how old our team is, or maybe we don't keep saying that, but that is a thing that we have an older team. I think we're getting really, really good production out of our rookies. Um, whether it's Keanu Benton, whether it's Joey Porter Jr., Broderick Jones. I mean, I think these guys have come in and, and really at Darnell Washington even even blocking. I think they've really played a, a pivotal role on the team. And and I think that's good because they should only Herbig. Yeah, right. Herbig as well and his limited snaps. I mean, I think the positive with that is it can only get better with them or it should only get better, right? They're young guys still trying to find their way. So I'm excited to see how how those guys continue to develop. I mean, just one little thing for you here on Keanu Benton. He's played 140 total defensive snaps and has 13 tackles, one sack, one tackle for loss, two QB hits, and one forced fumble. I mean, he, he's he's graded only behind Jalen Carter, who's an unbelievable defensive attacker for the Eagles uh, in PFF uh, entering yeah. week, week six as rookie D-lineman. Sorry, that was... Uh, got jumbled up there, but I mean, he's playing super, super good football. And I think his snap counts only going to increase. So he's just one of the many guys that I think that's a huge positive. Yeah. It's a solid point. I think this, this opens up a can of worms that, that we should probably talk about now, maybe before we get into what we'd like to see improve uh, in this back half of the season, even though it's probably the back two thirds of the season. Yeah. Um, you know, there, there's been some, some talks floating around on X and, and floating around in, in the rumor world in terms of the fact that we're we're probably going to get Dan Moore Jr. back or, or he's he's at least working to get back and then he's listed at number one on the depth chart and so that would effectively put Broderick Jones back to the bench or back to the sideline and then we have these comments from Terrell Austin that says that he says that you know Joey Porter Jr. is still not ready necessarily to be a full-time starter in the NFL yeah. so you know, we have so much production out of these players. I don't know what more we need to see from them to make some changes. I mean, before you give your opinion, let me ask you a question. Do you, is yeah. there any part of you that feels like this is a little gamesmanship? Yeah, I guess. I, I, I don't know. I view this as, to be honest with you, I view this as the Steelers being resistant to change. Yeah. And only making change when we're forced to, which is silly to me because. Here you are with what what you say is oh you want to build the trenches you want to improve you know your your run game ability you want to do all these things and so what do you do you trade up and you get this awesome tackle in the draft and he steps in during an injury plays lights out yeah. rated the best offensive lineman on our line um, in the games that he plays incredible job in, in protection and what do you know uh, we get our veteran back that might not even be great and 
it's assumed that he's going to get the starting role over our, our rookie that's performing really well. So yeah, um, it's frustrating. It's confusing. We talked about Joey Porter Jr. last week and how awesome he played and how his grading is is phenomenal, um, to put it lightly. And you have guys like Patrick Peterson, who has the second worst missed tackle rate in the NFL this season, um, missing like 30% plus of his tackles. Um and he's let up four touchdowns, which I think is second most um, among qualified defenders. So yeah, it is. It's bad. Yeah. So so it's like, what what do you need to happen in terms of things to change? Yeah. The Project Jones one. I mean, Dan Moore is one of the worst linemen in, in all of football, probably. Uh, the fact that you would, again, like you said, we traded up in the first round for this guy and we're going to bench him after one start after he played really, really well. I mean, that just doesn't make sense. And, and what does that do to a guy's confidence, right? He comes in, steps in, does really well. I, I understand that a lot of times injuries don't force people to lose starting rules, but I think in this situation, he's outperformed him. So that's really frustrating. Um, but the one that I, I get really frustrated with the Joey Porter Jr. one, especially because you have guys like Patrick Peterson who came out in the media and said he is willing to take less snaps if there's right. and if if that if that means Joey Porter Jr is going to play more he's willing to take less snaps. I mean, the players are telling you. It it's not just the stats or the 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 film. The players, his teammates are telling you he should be playing more and you're going to you're going to be stubborn and not playing because because he's a rookie and it's week 7. Like that just doesn't make any sense to me and it it goes back to the Mike Tomlin, the the Steeler way, whatever you want to call it. I mean, it's 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 bogus and it needs to change. Yeah, I think we knew we said this in the preseason when we bought brought Patrick Peterson in. We were both at least I was very excited was at too. the name that you're bringing in, um, knowing that he's going to be a locker room guy more so than anything else. He's there to you know, help build up or mentor a guy like Joey Porter Jr. And he probably has played that role. Yeah. And whether or not Joey Porter Jr. is performing strictly based on raw talent, or if there's pointers that from these guys like Patrick Peterson, that quite frankly, might not be able to do some of the things that they know they could do in previous years, or that a guy like Joey Porter Jr. could do. Um, I, I would have to guess that there's some of that that's going on. So um I'm, I'm by no means mad or upset with Patrick Peterson. I just think he's a little bit washed up and, and I applaud him for what he said, yeah. knowing that Joey Porter jr is going to move into his role. Um, it's, it's just frustrating when we have Pat Peterson and, and Levi Wallace, and we know that those are not the best corners in the league. Um, and we have, Maybe you one could argue you have to see what, you know, Witherspoon and Forbes and some of these other first round corners that got drafted yeah. ultimately do and how they perform. But we might have the best corner the, of the rookie class. Yeah, it's possible. I mean, but he hasn't played enough, right? Those guys have played a lot right. of snaps. Now, Emmanuel Forbes did get benched this week and didn't get didn't get the start for Washington. But yeah, I just I just don't understand. He He's lived up to all of his challenges and his tasks so far. Why not give him more? And. I just think it's lazy, and I and I think it's poor coaching to to just fall back into uh, we'll let the veteran play. It's week seven; the rookies aren't rookies anymore. I agree. Well, time will tell, right? Th yeah. This this the, we'll see. I'm hoping I'm hoping it's gamesmanship. I really am. I, I'm really hoping that <laughs> that this is them like trying to mess with the Rams, having the Rams think that these guys aren't going to play much, and and really Broderick Jones starts or Joey Porter Jr. plays a lot of the snaps. I'm I'm hoping, but I'm not holding yeah. my breath. I mean, Joey Porter Jr. started the, the whole second half last game. That was 
totally unannounced. And that was, I think, performance-based. And we don't know how healthy Dan Moore Jr. is going to be. And I think you have a really solid point that this is kind of what, what could be going and on. And actually, to that point, in Tomlin's press conference today, he did say it was a big if. Right. He would, if Dan Moore would be healthy enough to play. So, yeah, I guess he's not guaranteed to play. But, I mean, even if he is, it shouldn't matter. All right. Well, I think that's a good roundup on, in terms of what we saw the first five games of the season. Um, what are you looking for the most, whether it's positional groups or, or certain players or stats or whatever it might be? What, what couple things are you looking for um, in this back two thirds of the season for the Steelers? So this kind of goes into a negative of the first half. I, I think one of our biggest negatives has been the offensive line. We, we spent a good amount of money. Like we said, we we traded up in the first round for a start the left tackle, and the offensive line just has not been that good. Kenny Pickett's on pace to be sacked forty seven times. I mean that's that's a lot of sacks. I think he right now he's been sacked. Uh, let me see, I have this up. He, I think he's been sacked nineteen times. Um, no, I'm sorry, he's been sacked seventeen times for ninety nine yards. I believe the leader in sacks uh, taken is is Sam Howell right now with like twenty four. But set, yeah. but nineteen's way too much. Um, or seventeen's way too much, and to be on pace for forty seven is just just crazy to me. So one thing I I look forward to seeing and hoping for is is that this line starts to really form into themselves. I mean, I thought Project Jones being out there actually played a pivotal role in, in them blocking better against the Ravens. Um, I I, I see there as being a potential that maybe Mason Cole, who's had a horrible year, gets benched and James Daniels slides to center. And we, we have Nate Herbig actually playing guard. I think Nate Herbig's done a pretty good job. Um, so I don't know. I think there might be some mix-up on the line. And and I really think they can get going. Isaac Samalu's getting going. Project Jones looks Jones looks good. So I, I think there's there's some positives and some optimism, at least with the offensive line. So that's my biggest one. It's the offensive line continuing to improve. I agree. And I think what stems from that is run game bingo um yep. if if you look at at rushing statistics um just in terms of outright rush yards again we have one less game played so take this for what it's worth but we're second to last in terms of rush yards at 402 um on the season compared to teams like the miami dolphins the eagles the 49ers Ravens, Cardinals, Bears, all of those teams, those six teams have over 800. So they have more than double the yards that we do um, from a rushing perspective. Um, I think we're we're really just lacking in that game. I think our yeah. run scheme and run plays are really predictable. They are. Obviously, I don't know how much improvement we can get from there, but if we do get, you know, some new plays or so, or we do get, you know, some, some better production out of that offensive line, maybe certain holes open, who knows, um, or better lead blockers, you could see some, some improvements there in the run game. I mean, absolutely. What happened the, after the bye last, last year, we, we came out and we, I mean, Kenny played, but we came out and we said, let's run the ball. And our identity is we're downhill running team. And that's, we're going to hit you in the face running the ball. And I, I hope that they now look themselves in the mirror have said we need to put more emphasis on running the football and and so i do have i do have optimism in that as well that we can pick up i, I think they need to give the ball to the running backs more uh and just let them make plays and and yeah i, I think the running game will open up kind of like it did last year but that's a great point we i mean it has to if we want to have any success this year we need the running game to get going yeah i mean if we just stay stay here on the offensive side i mean if you look at our stats we're we're near the bottom um, we know that, but 
you know, you look at, at scoring, um, we have six touchdowns all season. Yep. I believe the last time we scored a rushing touchdown, um, was Derek Watt last season. Um, so we haven't scored a rushing touchdown yet this year. Um, we have five receiving touchdowns or five passing touchdowns. Obviously one touchdown was, was one touchdown defensive. Um, yeah. We had, do we have two touch defensive touchdowns against Cleveland? Yeah, we did. They had 14 yeah, points so, themselves. So we, you know, we're, we're really lacking from, from a scoring perspective, obviously. Um, but, but from a passing um, standpoint in general, I think if you look at um, Kenny Pickett's completion percentage, you know, he's under 60% completion that ranks in kind of the bottom four in terms of NFL teams. And, you know, we have talked previously about the preseason and about last year, the second half, it really looked like Kenny's throws were just on the money. Yeah. And he, he clearly had been off those first couple games of the season. I think maybe he's working through that. Maybe that's kind of going away, but um, it's a really, really low completion percentage. So I think obviously what everyone might look to and say, okay, well, we need more passing yards. We need better yards per attempt. Uh, we need more yards after contact, whatever it might be. I would really like to just start things off with getting Kenny a higher completion percentage and getting some production from that standpoint. Yeah. Oh my goodness. I'm just looking at, at these stats and, and here's, here's what I'm looking for. I don't think that the offense can get much worse. So I'm hoping it gets better. I mean, mm -hmm. let me just read some of these to you. We're 30th in points. And I know you said some of these, but we're 30th in points for we're 30th in total yards. We're 32nd in first downs. We are 31st yeah, in rush TDs because we have zero. We're 30th in scoring percentage. That's the percentage of drives that actually end in points by the offense. We're 30th in that. We're 32nd in average time of possession. 32nd in average plays per drive. 32nd in average yards per drive. And 30th in points per drive. Average points per drive. I mean that that's those are terrible numbers. I mean we we are bottom three in almost every offensive category, and yeah. so my hope is that we can't be any worse than we were the first five games of the year. Yeah, I mean obviously the Dolphins are one of the best teams in the NFL this year. Yeah, uh, a lot of production from from an, a yardage and a scoring perspective. But I saw something I don't have the exact stat up here, but it was like the Dolphins have scored thirty touchdowns this season, and uh, that's more than we've done last all of last season plus this season. Oh, we could take that further. The Dolphins average eight point four yards on first down. The Steelers average four point three yards on first down and four yards on second down. So the Dolphins actually are outgaining us on average on first down to us first and second down. That's it, unreal. It takes us three downs to average more yards than them on one down. I mean, that's yeah, crazy. That's I mean, that just shows you how bad the offense has been. But again, I, th I think it will improve, and, I, and I, I don't think it can get any worse. Where does it start, though? Do you think it all starts with the offensive line? I think it yeah. makes sense that, that it does. I think it starts um, with, it's the offensive line, and then it's, it's again, I, I've said it a bunch to this episode. We need an identity, and, and running the football, I think, is the identity that they set up with this all the moves and everything like that. So I think we need to pound the rock and, and, and really lean on it. Yeah, and I, I, I think just tying up any loose ends here on the offensive line, I, I heard you say it, but I don't want to downplay it. Um, obviously we know what we have with Broderick Jones. If, if he's in there and he's playing, 
Isaac Sayamalo, you said this, but I just wanted to reiterate, he is really starting to come into, um, yeah. you know, playing, playing well. And I think if we have that continued consistency, this is what we expected to get out of him. So you have a veteran on that line. Who's hopefully going to lead. Um, if Mason Cole can kind of get to the the form that he was in last season, um, that would be great. So uh, yeah, if we can get some production or, or some positive movements out of this offense. I mean, line, even like I said, though, if Mason Cole can't let's make the move and put James Daniels at center and, and let her big play. He, he's looked pretty good in his couple starts. So Sure. I think we had, I think they have some options on the interior. Sure. Anything else you wanted to touch in terms of uh, what, what you're looking for, for, for the next part of the season coming out of the bye? No, I think that's it. I mean, just continued, continued production by Watt and Highsmith. I know that's everybody wants that and everybody assumes that, but I think that does, that's, that's the engine that keeps our defense going. So I think that's going to be really important. And and maybe the defensive line, standing still against the run game. Kenny Cam Hayward back will help a lot. Getting continuing to play Keanu Benton more will help a lot. And and we'll see. I, I think the defense could really shine in the after this the rest of the year. Yeah. I mean we have five interceptions. That that ranks as about half um halfway between all of the NFL teams. But we have eleven forced fumbles this year too. That's that's the most out of the NFL um out of all teams. So yeah. you know if if this defense if the mantra becomes Ben don't break and yeah, we let up these really long drives. Um, and ultimately what comes from them is, is field goals or turnovers. Um, despite getting a lot of yards, I don't love that, but if that's the way we're going to play, then, then so be it. Um, yeah, we'll see, we'll see how the rest of the, the, you know, secondary steps up, um, to kind of go, go along with the, the defensive line and our linebacking group, which I know we're, we've been so excited about. So, yeah. Um, I don't think we need to say much more there. All right. Um, do you want to jump into a Rams preview or is there anything else? You yeah. Want to touch? Uh, just a couple things, typical, you know, just around the NFL Steeler type stuff. One thing is the fire Canada chance continue and signs continue to make, make way. Uh, I don't know if we, no, we did not talk about it. There was chance at the, the Peng, penguins opening. We said that. Yeah. Oh, did we? Okay. They were chanting yeah. the fire Canada. There was there's a sign on the National Portrait Gallery steps in DC. There's a sign of the Bills Giants tailgate. I mean, it's been on college game day. I mean, there's signs everywhere. So the uh, the Steelers fans are still out and about showing uh showing their displeasure with Matt Canada. But I'm here to tell you, buckle up because he's not going anywhere at least until the end of the year. And and, yeah. and his contract doesn't run, run out at the end of the year. I do want to make that point. And the Steelers are very. Very commonly, they they let go of their coaches when their contracts run out. So we're with him for the rest of the year. Accept it now and and move forward. Yeah. So that, that's that's one thing. Uh, two, want to give a shout out to Big Ben. His uh his record was kept in intact in by Brock mm-hmm. Purdy losing to the Browns. So one thing we can thank the Browns. Um, Brock Purdy had won his first fourteen uh, NFL starts, and Big Ben holds the record for fifteen wins in his first uh, 15 starts. So Big Ben keeps the record all because of the Brownies. So so thank you, Brownies. How about it? Balls of Steel to the Brownies? Uh, no, Balls of Steel goes to Justin Pugh of the New York Giants. If you didn't see Sunday Night Football, when they do the little uh, intros, he said, uh, I'm Justin Pugh straight off my couch instead of having <laughs> a college because he was called in a week or so ago. And I just, I thought that was really funny. So I liked the humor and thought it was a good spot for it. So Justin Pugh, good work. Fair. I'm I'm ballless this week. I, I don't really have a balls of steel. Is that okay? Oh, that's perfectly fine. 
they didn't play, yeah. so you don't need to have a you don't need to have any balls. Yeah, I don't feel like there was anything uh, worthwhile for me to to award a balls of steel to. That's fair. Maybe just to our listeners, balls of steel to our listeners. We appreciate you guys sticking with us. Yeah, and uh, and, sure. and tuning into the real steel, no BS, just the real steel. All right, let's preview this Rams game. So we're gonna jump right in Sunday the twenty second. It's a four oh five West Coast game at SoFi Stadium. This Rams team, I'll be honest with you, I'm not entirely sure what we're going to get with this Rams team. Yeah. We we look at, you know, uh Puka Nakua is this this rookie wide receiver that they have that that's leading the NFL in in receptions right now. Um obviously they got Cooper Cup back uh from being hurt. We know he is one of the best wide receivers in the NFL. Um, but they are having a lot of trouble uh, at their running back position. Yeah. Um, Kyron Williams is going to be out this game. He was he was performing really, really well for them. Um, and so with, with Kyron Williams out, they've kind of done a whole bunch of signing and picking up these different guys. And so I don't really know what we're going to get from, from the run game. I, I don't really know what we're going to get offensively um, from the Rams this week. What do you think? Uh, yeah, I, I think they're going to drop back to pass and rely on Matt Stafford's arm. Um, but I think that is where we kind of might have an advantage. Um, although they, they're sixth in the league in passing yards per game, their offensive line is kind of questionable. And, and we get to see an old friend in Kevin Dotson, um, at He's guard, playing well, though. He's actually playing really well, but I think it will be a really good test. I think our defensive line has the ability to maybe take over the game and, and put some pressure on Stafford, which which can force some turnovers and, you know, maybe help us win. So that that's one of the keys to the game. The other key to the game, in my opinion, is how our interior offensive line. We just talked about Isaac Samuolo, how well he's doing. I, I'm really interested to see what him, James Daniels, and Mason Cole do against Aaron Donald. Um the last time we played against the Rams back in 2019 when we beat them 17-12 at home, I'm pretty sure we held Aaron Donald in check that game. So I, I hope that we have another creative game plan to, to kind of take him out of the game. But if he runs free, that that's going to be a bad day for Kenny and, and our offense. So those yeah. are my two key two keys to the game. It's going to be the the two lines, who's, whose line plays better. Who wins? Yeah, you know it's it's a good point with with whatever comes out of um, Aaron Donald's production, and and I do think that it's worth noting with what you said with Stafford. I mean, the Rams right now have the third highest passing yards um, in the NFL, so yeah, we know they're getting the ball out to these guys like Puka and to to Cooper Cup, um, and this is clearly a weakness that the Steelers have in the secondary, right? So, yeah. um, I I honestly. I expect Joey Joey Porter Jr. to get a lot of time, and, and yeah, he's gonna have to. Yeah, whether I mean, that's, that's, that's on Cup or whatever it might be, who knows? Yeah, and I agree. I mean, those two could just run all over us potentially, but that's where I think the the D line and and the edge guys are gonna have to play a role to not allow that to happen. But just a few stats on the Rams that they're twelfth in the league in points scored, averaging twenty three a game. They like you said, they they're third in total passing yards, but they're sixth in passing yards per game. Um, they're 17th in rushing yards per game, but as we noted, they don't really have any running backs. And then on the other side of the ball, they're 11th uh, in points allowed. They're only giving up 19.5, so pretty good defense. Uh, they're 13th mm -hmm. against the pa against the pass and 22nd against the run. That's the big one. 22nd against the run. Can we take advantage of that? And again, let's let's have an identity. Let's run the ball. Yeah, we know we can get Najee involved if if you know. <laughs> Can I bring this up real quick? Sure. For all the haters, because we talk about this a lot. 
we know that Najee is averaging more yards per carry than Jalen Warren is, right? Did you know that? I think I did see that, yes. You might have said it too. Um, Maybe. But we have a tandem. Yeah. We, we have two really solid running backs. We are getting production out of Najee. It's just not utilizing him in the right way. So yeah, if we and, set and this up and he him, gets right? going, yeah. right, exactly. Let's use them both. They both can play. Exactly. So like you said, 22nd in terms of, of run yards allowed, let's get our run game going. There's no no perfect way, uh, no better time or no more perfect of time for, for that to happen. I think last year, I'd have to go back and, and look, but I know that the game we played after the bye was against the New Orleans Saints. We were at home. I was there. And I think in that game, we started to see a lot of positive changes and find our identity. So yep. if, if there is a time, the time is is week seven, the Steelers against the Rams. Yep. It's not week 10. It's not week 12. It's it's now because you can build on what you have directly coming out of the bye and carry that through for the remainder of the year. So let's hope that's that's what we get. Yep. Completely agree. One little devil advocate, devil's advocate comment. This is a West Coast game. This is against the Rams team that I believe did just lose. Uh, this is a typical this is a typical Mike Tomlin letdown game. I hope that it doesn't happen. We we stumped, we usually struggle going out west, so let's hope that doesn't happen. I have confidence. I think we can come out and beat the Rams. We're, we're rejuvenated. We're rested, and uh, I I do think we pull out the the victory. The Rams are three and three. Devil's advocate against you is we went out west and we beat the Raiders this year. Sure, and yeah, we we already dropped our Tomlin game against the Texans, so that's in the books. Hopefully, we don't have another one of those. And uh, hopefully we put it together against against the Rams. You want to give me a uh, score prediction? Ooh, score prediction. I think it's going to be 20 to 17. Steelers? Steelers. Steelers. All right. You know I don't give predictions because they're always wrong. Yeah. Oh, my, I will definitely be wrong. But I want low scoring defensive game. 20 to 17 is Steelers W. Yep. Late field goal by Balls to win it. All right. So 17-17 game, late field goal to win it. Who scores the touchdowns? Deontay gets his first touchdown of the year. And? Oh, crap. Yeah, that has to be the second one. Uh, we finally get a rushing touchdown. I look for Jalen Warren to punch one in. All right. I like it. Let's see what happens. All right. Let's tie the bow on this one. Thank you guys for listening. We appreciate it. And we'll talk to you after the Rams game. Thanks, everyone. Peace.